three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from women empowerment, feminism, and everything in between. You are joined by your co-host, Kenzie Meekback and Megan Hohart. Ow, 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 ow. Well, what a lovely serenade. I, I just wanted to amp it up a little bit. Perfect. But did you, were you reminded by like those, um, those noises that go off at basketball games? Like, pew, pew, yes, pew, pew. yes. Yeah. That was a perfect impression. Thank you. That's what I was going for. Speaking <laughs> of which, I really liked going to basketball games in college and now I don't get to go to any anymore. Well, they don't even have a pro team out here. They used to. Oklahoma stole it. Oklahoma did? Yeah. Oklahoma the, bought it and that's the, the Oklahoma Seattle Sonics. Yeah. Seattle Sonics. Yeah. I think Seattle something with an S, but it's not the Sounders because that's the soccer team. That's the soccer team. We know that much, which isn't quite as fun as basketball. Shots fired. Is it just me? No, I feel like a lot of countries mainly like (laughs) soccer, right? Oh, like America's the only country that doesn't like soccer the most of all the sports. Right. It's football, which is football. It's football. It's football for everyone else, but it's football. But, I mean, I admire soccer players. They, can you imagine their stamina? Just oh, constantly no. running for hours. Back I'd and like forth, back and forth. once and I'd be like. Dead. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> you got it, guys. Take it from here. Just like panting, <laughs> laying on the ground. How's your week? What's new? How was your weekend? Weekend was good. Um, went to Canada. Oh, yeah. How were the fireworks? Lovely. Amazing. It was South Africa. Our show was from South Africa. Mm. And the theme this year is love. Aww. And so it was, they did like different songs from Ellie Golding and I think Katy Perry. So it was awesome. I mean, talk like think like standard July 4th fireworks and then multiply it by like 100. Wow. The whole sky is just lit up. Whoa. Like the grand finale every time. Mm-hmm. That's intense. It's so it was really good. I didn't realize they had such a big show. Is it for a holiday? A Canadian holiday? It's not for a holiday. It's called the Celebration of Lights. Think of it like the Olympics of fireworks. So I saw mm-hmm. South Africa um, and it's every like Saturday, Wednesday for two or three weeks and then all different countries come and I think you need oh. to be nominated like South Africa the one that I saw they did the fireworks for the World Cup wow yeah so you have to be like legit to qualify I guess I didn't realize how big fireworks could be in and place. then there's judges and then they announce the winner that's so cool mm-hmm. are you gonna pay attention to who wins you think? yeah yeah it's really fun I don't know why we should go every year like it's really fun Oh, cool. I want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a cabin this past weekend. Oh, fun. Yeah. So I went out with my friends on like part of the sound mm-hmm. and um, and we swam and we drank and we had a cookout and yeah, it was fun. All the good things. Yeah, it was very relaxing. It's good. a little treat. It was nice. How far was the drive? An hour and a half. Easy. We didn't take the ferry though. You could go in an hour. I just didn't feel like paying for a ferry. Yeah. And then you would have to sit for the same half hour, I feel like, to get on and off. Yeah. Right? So then you drove instead. Yeah. So today is the topic is a little bit sad, but it's something that, or well, very sad. It's something that we need to talk about, though. I think that we need to tell everyone what's going on. 
Um, so it, we're talking about, um, and we're just like, we're, it, the reason we're talking about this topic, it's about women and their impact and how they're impacted in Syria by the war. Um, we're not going to like, I'm not going to claim to be an expert one. So please correct me if I'm wrong Two, I also, this is like barely probably dipping your toe into the Mm -hmm. issues. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It is a very high level summary. I know it won't do it justice, but I feel like just reminding people that it's there is still a good thing to do. Um, we might, we maybe should do a longer episode on it. Um, I think it's very important to talk about. And I also, when you brought up the issue and the topic that we were going to discuss, I was also a little bit surprised about how we don't talk about ISIS anymore at all. We don't talk I about I think it's Syria. still equally as big of an issue. I think, why do you think I guess there's American other things news to talk like, about? Right. Yeah. I guess maybe there's other things to talk about. I did read slightly that their control, ISIS control now is um, not as physically widespread, meaning like they owned or claimed ownership to a large amount of land and that's getting smaller. So that could be why, but still like they're still out there and they're still relevant, unfortunately. And so I don't know if that's why American news doesn't talk about it anymore, but I mean, I just, we never hear about them. They did claim, um, responsibility for the attack in Toronto. Mm. Uh, that happened two, three weeks ago. Right. Um, they did claim responsibility for that. But other than that, that's the last time that I've heard about them. Right. And I feel like the it was in Toronto, which is obviously, you know, our neighboring country. But even that wasn't too widespread in, in the media. Yeah. And I kind of want to emphasize that, like... The war in Syria seems very complicated. I don't think it's just like, and I did a little very light research. So again, I apologize if I got it wrong, but I think that that's not the main issue. Like the article we're talking about is like how I think it's because there was a war that they were able to infiltrate more. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Yeah. Am I correct? I think you're right. And okay. A year ago, like right at the beginning of this podcast, I went to watch a documentary. Amazon puts on documentaries. Oh, yeah. And I, Des gets to go because he's an Amazon employee and then he gets in by one person. And it was about Syria. Do you remember me talking about this? Yeah, I do. And I am, I can't remember the name of the podcast right now. Documentary or podcast? Sorry, documentary. <laughs> I can't We're on re- a podcast. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the documentary right now, but... I wonder if we should watch it and then do a whole episode on it. We should. It, the documentary was insane, eye-opening, insane. Yeah, we should definitely cover this more. So that's a good idea for yeah next week or the week after. Perfect. Um, so kind of a very light um, timeline or overview. There was a peaceful uprising against the president of Syria, Bashar al-Assad, I'm sorry if I didn't say that wrong, right, um, seven years ago, and it has turned into a full-scale civil war. This is an article entitled, Why is there a war in Syria? by the BBC. The conflict has left more than 350,000 people dead, devastated cities, and drawn in other countries. 
Um, it is now more than a battle um, for those for or against Mr. Assad. There are many groups and countries, each with their own agendas, that are involved in making this situation complex. So that's what made me think that um, it's not just um, ISIS. It's clearly there was something that started it, and now it's like become something much um, bigger and more complex and complicated. And that's why it continues. Um, but such divisions have led both sides to commit atrocities, torn communities apart and dimmed hopes of peace. They have also allowed the jihadist, uh, groups, the Islamic state and Al Qaeda to, uh, flourish. So there's also conflicts between different, um, religious groups. Sorry too. that I was on my phone. I was trying to find the name of the documentary. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Um, but I think that it was the fall of power and the fall of government that let these groups come in and rise up. Yeah. They, they saw an opportunity mm-hmm. of weakness. Um, and yeah. Um, so what brought us to this? Um, we like now to do more current events, I think, because we got a lot of huge topics and we'll return to them as things develop. But we got to continue the fight of what other women going through currently. Um, so ISIS kidnapped um, dozens of women and girls in Syria raids. Um, 36 women and children during attacks on the southeastern province of Swadia, Swadia. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but 20 women and 16 children, but four women managed to escape and two others died, leaving that to now 14 women. Um, The ambush that that was that same ambush led to 221 dead. And this is by CBS News. Did I already say that? Mm -mm. These uh, statistics. ISIS kidnaps dozens of women and girls in Syria raids. Um, Reports on social media show evidence that ISIS probably sent photos of the kidnapped women to their families through an app, um, and they made demands for the release, but the families haven't said what it is. Um, and, and I can't assume this, um, and I don't think it's responsible to assume this either, but what I worry and what I infer is that they will be sexually abused and tortured. Um, I also just real quick wanted to mention this was very recent that it happened late last week I want to yeah. say but why it like I feel like it wasn't a huge headline here I, I could only find two Amer- well one American thing it was only CBS News that I could blatantly openly find that was like one of the big ones and then the other one was BBC America which was British mm-hmm. so um so I wanted to talk about beyond this one, and I think after we did the kidnapped girl story um, from Africa, I think it's now important to continue to talk about when women go through these type of situ- horrific, I'm sure, life-damaging, life-altering situations. Um, so what is the impact of on women in the Syria war? This is from the International Committee of the Red Cross. So women tend to be the ones who sustain the resilience of the families and communities, trying to help their families be healthy, fed, and together. And in many cases, they have become the sole breadwinners overnight after losing their husbands and fathers to conflict. So that's one of the many things. Um, can you imagine like being in a society where it is just patriarchal and you are no, your job is what it is. And then you have to do something else overnight. 
mm-hmm. to like get things together. And I think that this, that statement kind of stands the test of time. Like if you think about wars that happened in America to start America, like women had to step up while the men were at war. So I think that that's just something that's kind of stood the test of time. Right. Um, so this is from Human Rights Watch. Um, women in Syria have been arbitrarily arrested, detained, physically abused, harassed, and tortured during the conflict of the government forces, pro-government militias, and armed group opposed to the government. Um, so a lot of different organizations. And that's just from 2014. So that's four years ago. Mm-hmm. So this is continued. Um, if not, pro- maybe gotten worse. Um Another article I looked up was The Silent War. It's uh, how rape became a weapon in Syria. Um, So I'm going to read you guys a few paragraphs um, from this article. Um, So in Silent War, Syrian women break the taboo surrounding rape to speak openly about the abuse they endured at the hands pro-regime militias and government soldiers in basement prisons and their own homes. They were repeatedly raped for crimes such as participating in peaceful demonstrations or trying to send a message to um, the men in their life. Um, so one woman describes the evolution of the use of rape as a weapon in the war um, during the Syrian conflict, explaining how something initially took place only inside prisons became widespread and ep- an epidemic of rape. They started to rape women at roadblocks at home in front of their husbands, their children. At some point, the regime took a new approach. It recorded videos of rapes of women in detention and sent them to fighters. Soldiers were, in turn, encouraged to find themselves raping women so that the videos could be sent to the women's family. So that's what scares me, I guess, returning back to the original ISIS thing. If they're getting videos of and pictures of these women through an app, mm-hmm. it makes me nervous that that is what's being used. Right. Yeah, and I also, in the article that I read about the event that just took place last week, um, one of the men in the city, was it like Swadia? Something like yeah, that. I think you nailed it. Um, so he was saying that it was hard for the men to, and the women, to defend themselves from the ISIS um, fighters that came into the city yeah. because the government took away their weapons because they wouldn't go fight for their own country. Does that make sense? Mm. So the government asked them to go fight against ISIS. They said no. So then they took away their weapons. They were they said no, not because they supported ISIS, more in terms of they just didn't want to be involved on either side. And so they were having a really hard time defending their city and um, defending their home. Um, but one woman actually had an AK-47 herself, um, used it to fight against ISIS. So it's just a lot of... Which she's probably hasn't used much, I assume. Doesn't have training in that. Um, But it just sounds like a lot of chaos in part of the world that doesn't get much attention until now. Um, But there is one good thing coming out of it. Yes. Um, the Guardian said, uh, this is an article from them by Samari, 
Samira Shackle, I believe, Syrian feminist. This is the chance the war gave us to empower women. So activists in Syria are challenging some patriarchal norms, which I'm sure is dangerous Mm -hmm. and risky, um, to ensure that they not only have a place at the negotiating table, but in rebuilding the country after the war. So they're trying to take advantage of the bad situation. Um, Before the war escalated, there were women extremely active and present, but as it became uh, more violent, the women's rights became a second issue on Yeah. Um, But activists are fighting to ensure women can have a voice at the negotiating table and later on. Wow. I didn't. I'm glad that you were able to end on a positive note. Hard to. (laughs) Very hard to. But But it's something we need to talk about. Like we can't just ignore it. Mm -hmm. And especially if this is a women's podcast, we can't, you know. Yeah. It's poor ladies. I know. Um, I also saw a, I want to say it was a tweet that showed the pictures of the 14 women who were kidnapped, still kidnapped, um, saying, how are we going to help these women? So I think that just because the large media outlets are putting this on the back burner, I think other smaller people are trying like us, I guess. Yeah. But um, I think that it is something that should stay at the forefront of our minds. Yeah, definitely. Well, what are you looking forward to this week? Changing the subject. Yeah, have to. It's hard to change the subject, um, but I'm thankful that you were able to end on a positive note. I tried to find something. <laughs> um, I had a really good week. I was able to do a meet and greet with everybody that's going to India. Um, so our, are you so excited? Yes. Our leaders of the yoga retreat, um, put on a dinner for us, which is super kind of them. And I met a, a lady that I'd never met before. Um, and we booked our flights and we booked our plane tickets together. So that way we're not going to be like traveling for 24 hours in a a culture and a a place we've never been to before. And so I think now that um, I'm going to be with somebody and feel more comfortable, we're actually going to take a train from Delhi to Rishikesh, which is what I actually really wanted to do. But I was just terrified to do it by myself. You are killing the pronunciations, it sounds like. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, I have no idea if you're right, but I'm like, wow. You're confident in the way that you're saying them. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so my flight is booked. Now I need... We need to figure out how we're going to get from the airport to the train station. But that is next on the list. Um, I'm just really, really excited. And it's going to be just an amazing time in a culture shock. It's going to be all the things in one trip. I feel like you're going to have an eat, pray, love moment. Yeah. Just come back with like a bestseller novel. You're like, I had this existential adventure. (laughs) maybe come so back like a, what is it what is a, the buddhist um oh i don't know the word for it enlightened you're gonna become enlightened i'm gonna come back an enlightened person totally Clearly that, my book on buddhism is going well that you know what 10 days to obtain enlightenment that must be a record so we'll see what happens well i hope you kind of get to meditate <laughs> I'll definitely, I think that there's going to be lots of meditating every single day. Perfect. Um, what are you looking forward to? Well, I get to see my dad and my stepmom this week. So yeah, after this, we're going out to eat. Perfect. Perfect.
Perfect. All right. Well, thanks guys for listening. Um, we uh, hope you have a good week. Bye. Bye.